0: everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, My name is Aid, and this is show 314 and it's going to be a great show. Uh, First of all I'd like to say hello to my co-host Claire. Claire how are you doing?
1: I'm really well thanks Aid. as always. Uh, Delighted to be here Um, and we've got a super special guest so I'm really interested to listen to the guests and of course we've got a super duper new host with us as well
0: a new co-host yes Their absolutely yeah. this <laughs> is exciting stuff right so yeah. um some of our listeners may recognize his voice uh, many more will recognize his name uh, from participating in online conversations and other such stuff uh but i'm very pleased to be able to welcome christian strafe to the show christian how you doing mate
2: pretty good mate thank you uh how did this happen i have no idea
0: Well, we had some fun. We had some fun late last year doing the (laughs) the digital film photography podcast. Yeah, with its uh, yeah little mini series, uh, and uh, for those that ha- don't listen to the Sunny Sixteen Presents channel, you should listen to the Sunny Sixteen Presents channel because there's a lot of varied, lovely podcasts mm-hmm. there. So, welcome to the show, Christian, and uh, yeah, it'd be great, great to have you here and uh, you yeah, know pla- playing podcast with us. <laughs> and thank you very much, Edge. It's a it's a huge honour. Oh wow! Don't 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 be honoured. Just enjoy yourself, right? That's the important <laughs> thing of all of this stuff. So okay, well, uh, we- yeah you know, and not only have you joined us, but you have brought for us a super special guest as well, haven't you? So I think you know, this is all on you. So I think um, you should do the honours and introduce our guest for the day. For the day. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, first of all, um, I haven't even asked how to pronounce her name. So please uh, <laughs> correct me if I did get it wrong. So I think her name is Dani Bittencourt. Uh, And she is an amazing artist that uh, um, we came, basically Adrian and I came across when we researched for the show, but we thought it would be a really great idea to bring her on the Sunday 16 podcast. Welcome, Danny. Nice to have you here.
3: Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be here with you. And yeah, I'm happy to share a little bit about my work with you all.
0: Thank you very much. Hey. So, Danny, you're, you're, you're talking to us all the way from Portugal today, uh, where I understand your base, but you're not Portuguese originally, are you?
3: No, I'm not Portuguese. I'm from Brazil, but I don't identify myself as only Brazilian because I have another layers. Uh, I lived already in Ireland. I lived already in London. I lived already in Italy. So... I don't see myself as only Brazilian, you know, because I have so many layers and Portuguese as well, of course, so, yeah. That's
0: that's amazing, actually. I mean, I live near London, but I live in the the town I grew up in. So, yeah, and I went to school in, and I live just a very short way away from my parents, so. (laughs) So I, I'm always fascinated <laughs> by people who've moved around and travelled and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's that's amazing. So, you know, as, yeah, welcome to the show. Really looking forward to hearing uh, about your work. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you do so much. You're, you're a photographer. You have a hybrid artistic workflow. You're an author. You're an educator. Mm. You know, tell us, you, know, you know, What what is it? What, what would you how would you describe yourself?
3: I think this is the most difficult question, <laughs> depends <laughs> on the time and you, you need time to realize everything that I do, because, uh, basically I have like three main areas. The first one is the artistic production, of course, because everything, um, uh, came by, uh, by the production. So in the product, the, the, uh, artwork, I have hybrid photography, I have fine art photography, and now I'm very um, into the contemporary photography. So I am using photography as an object, which is a little bit uh, near to the hybrid photography, but is more conceptual. So this uh, is all about the uh, artistic production. Then I have the the area that I teach. So. Here I have my online courses. I have uh, a lot of workshops. I have a mentoring program, which I love because I like to give this guidance to new photographers that want um, a little bit of uh, career management because it's very hard to live, you know, as a photographer as an artist. We we all know. So I have this second area, and I have a third area that I write. Actually they're all connected of course and mm-hmm. of course i like to share everything that i learned so i can share in my production i can share like in my classes and i can share in my books and because i didn't find any kind of publisher house that um you know have this space to um combine technical photography uh, and photography as um, a way of thinking I create my own publisher house as well. So I have this all. And uh, this publisher house, um, I have my two books in this publisher house uh, already. But now in this year, I will have more two with other authors, Uh, Only Woman, which is me very important because in the history of photography we have mm. a lot of content uh written by men a lot i think most of them and we don't have that much uh of woman authors so that's why i'm giving this space as well to other women you know i find so, this yeah, really I know it's a lot.
2: <laughs> and no it's a very good introduction because uh the, the reason that that or the the thing that caught my eye when i was looking for <clears throat> guests was this hybrid photography approach um uh, that i haven't seen so much before i mean th- it has been around obviously but um the the When I looked into your book, Hybrid Photography, which I highly recommend to people, and I think we can link to it in the show notes, it's available in English now, which is helpful if you don't speak Portuguese. Yes. (laughs) Um, You said that um, one of the important things for you was to give the female perspective on the topic. And when I read the book, um, I really felt that there is, a a particularly female touch to it, because you talk so much about the motivation behind, you know, creating certain uh, photographs. And I think before we can discuss this, we need to know what exactly is, uh, because I think we should talk about hybrid photography. That is something that is so interesting because it's uh, such an interesting form of expressing something because you, you basically take a photograph and augment it, you, you work on it after you took it, and then add, um, uh, you know, um, components to it using different art techniques. Could you explain to us a little bit uh, more what your defi- definition of hybrid photography is?
3: Yeah, of course. I'm just thinking that maybe it's better if I explain to you um, how I I get into the hybrid photography yeah. because. It's yeah. something very emotional as well. Mm. So, yes, Claire. Do you want? I was going to say
1: that's what I was going to. I was interested, Danny, even to rewind back is as to how you even got into photography in the first place. I always, I'm always interested. Oh, Why? <laughs> yeah, and I was reading, like you said, that you about what you're talking about expressing emotions, and you said something I read where you said that you felt you felt compelled to create and compels to like a compulsion to to do the photography. And I, I found that interesting. I, it was something I could connect with. So I was interested in how you how you came to into photography in, in the first place, um, as a starting point. And that kind of leads to all the other things maybe.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all connected. It, even though there's different areas, it's all connected for sure. So I think uh, that the first thing that um, you need to know is that I was like um, a child and my, um, my teen uh, moment Mm -hmm. was very difficult because I always feel a lot. And everyone around me just said that I feel too much. Mm -hmm. And if it's something bad, you know, something that you have to correct. So this is, was inside me and I always, Need had this needing to uh, express myself, so I found this in photography at the first place. But because I had my graduation in photography, I have this uh, technical um, uh, education in first place. And w- this was very bad because uh, when I finished my graduation, I just have like three areas that I could occupy: like wedding photography, f- uh, photojournalism, and portrait. Yeah. And I couldn't like express really myself in these three areas. Can you imagine you expressing your, your depression into a wedding? You cannot do yeah. that. So it's not, the, you know, the right place. So I spent, I think, maybe five years like doing everything because I always worked with photography. I never uh, was like anything else. So uh, I always pay my, paid my bills with photography. So I spent like this uh, five, I think it was five years Exploring, exploring, sorry, but didn't find this place to express myself. Mm -hmm. So after five years, I start to um, do some kind of research uh, of what other photographers were doing around the world, because, you know, Brazil, it's very you don't have this connection with other places. We are not used to uh, live in other places, like to the college in other places. It's not like in Europe, it's very different. So I started to look around uh, and do like a deeply research. And then I found fine art photography. And then for the first time I found a place that I could like express myself because fine art uh, photography, basically you create the image based on your own feelings in your things you know your interesting things you don't create the image based on the visual things so it's different movement to create a a photography you know Mm. a photograph so I think this was the first move to understand photography in another place so I started with fine art photography I think for more five years I think I have 15 years of career, so it's a lot. <laughs> so I think I was in fine art photography for five years, and then at some point I had this very bad moment in my life that digital photography was not enough. Mm-hmm. So at that at that time, I start to um, I felt that I need to make that printed photography be hurt at the same as me you know so i start to drown the photography like rip off and fire freeze everything and then i start to understand that the, this image talked back with me and gave to me things that i didn't realize before yeah and then i started to understand photography in another way mm-hmm. so i think This is basically the story that led me to hybrid photography. But of Mm -hmm. course, after I start to study more and more and more, everything's (laughs) expanding, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So to tell us about, I mean, the hybrid photography, yeah, Yeah. yeah, my my understanding of it, a bit limited, I'm afraid at the moment. But my understanding is that the, the photograph is the basis, but it's really only the starting point for the work, perhaps. And then there's a lot more that you do to it. So, I mean, you've just mentioned setting fire to things and freezing things. That's how, uh, not not something that everybody does to their photographs. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what what what's uh, what what what's the the thing that drives you? What's the and and what what sorts of techniques and processes do you use?
3: Okay, I think it, there is uh, two things that we have to realize here. The first thing is the um, the meaningful process. So here I have to understand the things that I want to express, you know, this is one thing. And the other thing is um, the tools that I'm going to achieve to create these um, things that I want. So. It's two different things, you know, so Mm -hmm. I can experiment a lot of techniques and non-techniques as well, because I don't think that freeze the image is a technique, (laughs) but I can, I can experiment a lot of things. And then if I like the thing, if I like the, the, this technique or this, I don't know, thing that I'm doing, because sometimes it's only experience. Like, um, you can put your image into the street and see how the cars go, you know, and, and stain the image. So this is not a technique this is experience. So as you understand, I like this, I can put like in my toolbox, you know, mm-hmm. and then I have two things that, that I have to, um, develop and, and you can, you can do like, if I'm have something very strong, I can direct myself to the meaning process. If I have something that I don't want to look now, I can direct myself to experiment techniques in a free way, you know, not worry about the the meaning and everything. Then if I understand the thing that I want to express, I'm going to look to my toolbox and understand, okay, which tool is the best to create this thing, this narrative, you know? So I have a very clear starting point. But at the same time that I have a very uh, clear starting point, I, um, allow myself to change in the between in the process, because we change a lot in the process. When uh, when we start to create things, the process gives you back something else, you know, some reflections and thoughts that you didn't realize in the beginning. So I never, never, uh, I'm never thinking about the final image. I have a very clear starting point, but I'm never thinking about the final image. So this is very important to this process. Yeah.
2: Okay. In your book, ahead, sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, in your book, you write that, um, or you say that in fact, a piece of art not only belongs to the artist, but also to the viewer, or yeah. you, you, I think you say it belongs mm-hmm. to the world. When you say, uh, when you talk about uh, you, the experience of creating uh, the hybrid photography, Um, how much do you think about your audience when you create it? Because I I feel like um, the one thing is expressing how you feel, but the other thing is having in mind how um, the audience understands what you create. Do, Do you basically think about people who look at your art what they how they interpret what what you do because a lot of the art for um, to describe it for our viewers is for example you take a, a, f- a photograph and you use um wax to uh, you know candle wax to um you know put shapes on on the, on the paper and on the photograph or you use several other techniques uh, like uh, you, I think you used a um, uh, uh, soil to put on the image and, and things like that and, and I, I was wondering whether or not you think about the audience while you create that piece that you're working on. Uh,
3: so um, you are describing a crazy person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because of course when we are experimenting it's, you know, we can go anywhere so it's amazing but I, actually I don't think about the viewer I believe the viewer as an active participant of the image but each viewer are going to relate at one way you know I cannot control this even though I'm very control freak I know that I cannot control what viewer are going to interpret to my image so I'm not worried about this actually my only wor- worry is that when I show my vulnerability I help I allow the, the my viewer to feel as well, you know, to keep in touch to their fi- vulnerability. So for me, this is important, and f- to have this, I have to be honest with everything that I'm feeling to show this, to share this. So for me, this is the, how the viewer, um, you know, relate with my work. But of course, each each uh, uh, kind of uh, relation is completely different because depends of the viewer is passing into their life. So I cannot control this for sure. And I don't want to.
2: (laughs) Is the reason, uh, I mean, you you obviously want to express yourself and your own feelings. Is that the reason why you often use, or I think mostly use self-portraits for hybrid photography? Um, Because I think in your book, most of the images that I saw that were by you were almost All of them, if not all, uh, were self-portraits. Is that the reason why you do self-portraits?
3: I have two reasons, actually. Uh, The first reason that when I was doing fine art photography, I have like very um, reference in uh, paintings. So I realized that I was like sharing a narrative that I don't agree on. So my models were always like white, white, uh had head always very thin always naked so i was reproducing things that i don't believe more anymore you know so for that reason i start to use my own body you know to uh, represent things that i'm feeling and with hybrid photography the thing is that it's always very intimate it's always very uh, painful so i cannot give this to other uh people to interpret it to me you know so and the third reason that it's easier because then i can i always have myself you know available yeah. so uh, because sometimes it's, it's 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 you know it's urgent i have to put away from him for me so that's why i have to do i have like a lot of images printed already because when something is very strong in me i have to put it out so i have to let it go so Yeah, so this three good reasons, I think. (laughs) It's really interesting
1: to me that you have your your feelings, your emotions first, and then you go, like you say, you go to your toolbox to see how you how you're going to work. I'm just looking at some of your high photography work now, which is very uh, beautiful. Yeah.
3: Look, I have here my my latest. So this is that's the latest. um, Yeah. Yeah. I think this is paint, uh, clay, and salt to create some kind of. I think it it was. I don't remember so,
2: actually. So maybe we should. I'm not,
3: dis- I'm not a scientist. Yeah. I, I don't write down anything. So
2: we should babe, probably probably. Like- uh, sorry, sorry. Um, we should probably describe what you what yeah. you hold in your hand for all the listeners because it's an audio only. Yes. Uh, uh, so uh, so you you held up an, a portrait of. Um, I uh um yeah, a person uh, in on a black background who's scantily, no, a naked person, but not, um, you know, not exposing or not. Uh, it's a kind of a modest uh, uh, image of a of a naked of your yourself, and uh, you have covered a lot of, um, uh, like the right shoulder and the face with soil and salt, and it gives mm-hmm. a, a, a lot of texture to the image. So I hope I yeah, uh,
3: a lot of texture. But you can all see on my Instagram account yeah. because I always right. share theirs. All ah, right. I think this image is there, it's the one, that last cool. the last one. The one that I'm looking at
1: um, is it, it, actually, when I look at it, it reminds me of the film, you know, Persona, you know, the Ingmar Bergman film. I don't know if you've seen it. And you're there, and it's like you've got two faces, two mm-hmm. masks. It's this image here. For, um, oh
3: yeah, this yeah. is with clay. And this was an interesting image because I was um, in the in one time, like very, very uh, close here. It was like, I think maybe one year ago it was not that far. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I was trying to realize everything that is staying with me, because you know, when you have this immigrate process you lose yourself a little bit on the road, you know? So I yeah. was trying to investigate things that, that I don't know that stay with me. And then I put a clay okay. this uh, printed image, but it's crazy. I cannot talk about this because it depends of the lab, depends of the, the place that printed for you. Depends a lot of things, but I think this was a very bad quality, um, photography, uh, um, uh copy and then when i took off the the clay my image was in the clay was God. not in the the paper anymore okay so i can't do this with other kind of printed so uh so it had to be this bad quality uh, <laughs> photography paper it Had to be so <gasps> so uh, yeah.
0: claire knows uh, all about and- working with challenging materials Yeah, with, with the <laughs> polaroid film and things like that oh, don't okay. you claire?
1: yeah definitely I mean I love this I love this image for listeners um the one I'm talking about on the website which we'll give links at the end is uh Danny as you say holding I didn't realize it was it was clay and there's like two of you and that's that image really speaks to me and like I said for me yeah I straight so and like you say it's my it's just how I'm interpreting it but it could be completely wrong but it just reminded me of that film persona when I saw it you know it's really and it's lovely. nice because
3: I still have the piece of clay with my image on, you know, I, I, as an object. Truly yeah. as an object. So it's nice. So Does you know feel... the, the process give you back, gives you back. Because I didn't I, I ever could imagine that this could happen, you know? Never. I, I was thinking about something else. <laughs>
1: You know, because you use yourself in in the in the hybrid work, as you said earlier, because it's about you or you're you're expressing your emotions. Do you feel like once you've gone through the whole the creation, you've staged your shoot, you've you've you've, you've you come to the end, do you feel very satisfied, um, Danny? How does it leave you feeling?
3: It's a relief for sure. Because when you are feeling something that you know that you can materialize this into an image. You cannot like hold yourself because it's here, you know. Yeah. And then you try a lot of things, and some things, of course, work. Some things don't work, and and you <laughs> learn about these uh, uh, mistakes. You know, it's, and it's it's a, it's not a mistake. It's something that didn't uh, represent the thing that you are feeling. It's not actually a mistake. Actually, mistakes are. We, we need these mistakes to understand the 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 um, the, the final. Uh, artwork, you know? Yes, you you need, we expected the mistake, because then we learn from them. We learn uh, from the clay, from the bad quality paper, because the bad quality paper cannot be only a bad thing you know for me was a great thing because I realized that I can uh, use this uh, I can transfer mm-hmm. my image into other places mm-hmm. as uh, if, if the paper is like a little bit wet I can transfer so the bad quality was works fine for me yeah you know so I want these mistakes because I learned from them so mm. it's important for the process
2: I, I think it's interesting because uh, you work the the source images are digital. Uh, that you use but still the output that you create i mean you obviously you print them first and then you work on them and uh i find it very interesting that you can actually create unique output from digital images because there is no way you can even if you use the same paper you can replicate this for example this clay image because probably the clay will stick in some other sort of way to the to the paper Mm -hmm. and so on and uh Um, Aidan and I have been talking quite a bit about output of photography and I think this aspect that you can take an image and create a unique output is I think I find that very attractive uh, that thought because um, you know uh, everything that we see in this world is a copy Mm -hmm. somehow because you digitize it and you copy it but even if you choose to choose digitally you can create something that is unique and that makes it, uh, on the one hand, a good way to express yourself because you can, you, you know, you work on an image, but on the other hand, you have something that you know is, you know, unique on this on this yeah, earth. Yeah, <laughs> and, and
3: you and you cannot copy a hybrid photography because yeah. hybrid photography is based on your own experience. So you can yeah. use the same tools, but you can never, never compare yourself to other artists. So this is amazing, you know, because we can create a more health uh, environment because I'm not competing with anyone. Yeah. You know? yeah. So this is, I think this is a good way to think photography. Yeah.
2: What, what I find very interesting is that um, you, you in your book, you, if, if, if I read your book, I, I can, I realize that uh, even though what you describe sounds very spontaneous, actually uh, very, uh, it seems like you very often take extensive notes and prepare a project and basically, you know, produce a project and then, you know, execute it. Uh, I mean, it's still an experience because you, you, if I understand your book correctly, you you basically collect the emotions that you want to uh, express and then try to work out how to do that. And um, even though what you describe sounds like a spontaneous thing to me, after, after looking at your book, it seems that like it's, really premeditated you really think things yeah, through and and, the starting,
3: and point. the starting point is
2: yes yes that's very that's very interesting because uh i'm <laughs> i'm quite a spontaneous photographer i just recently after uh adrian and i interviewed todd coral who is a great photographer he said you always need a project and uh, that helped me a lot because I picked up the project, and so now I can say, "Oh yes, I'm planning stuff," which is nothing compared <laughs> to what I saw you do in your book. Um, but I think uh, um, I think it actually helps to helps spontaneity. Spend, spontaneity is that correct? Yes, I think so. Uh, if you know where you're heading, I mean, you can be spontaneous, uh, but Spontaneous is not equal to chaotic, I think. And I think uh, you have a very specific idea. You need to express a certain feeling, and I think that calls for, you know, a planned and 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 a kind of like a produced, you know, uh, uh, way of going about it. I think is is that correct? Or
3: it's more in the identification process. I have actually a method uh, of to identificate something that, uh, because of course, if you, we will express something you would need to understand what thing I want to express. So you need to identify this on you. So, uh, to my students, we always begin, um, like identifying like a large topic, like, okay. Anxiety. I Hmm. have anxiety and okay, but, each, each person uh, fights with anxiety in a different way. Of course, it's not the same thing. I have other topics like loneliness. Loneliness is a good topic because we have this um, collective imagination of loneliness as a sad thing, as this old man alone in the park, you know? So... We have this large topic okay i understand that loneliness is something that occupies a lot of space in me so i want to talk about loneliness so this is a large topic this is more easy to identify then i go to the second step which is what is my experience my own experience with loneliness so for me loneliness is balance i need lonely. i need to be alone to organize myself. So loneliness for me is not about a sad thing, melancholic thing, it's about balance. So in this second step, I have to describe with a lot of details about my own experience with this large topic. So this helps me a lot to understand which make this um, image only mine, you know, because it's about my experience, my way to see the world, to feel the world. So here in the third step, I understand which kind of tools I can use to materialize this. Mm. So most of the the process, it's nice to read this uh, description and try to... um, Get some kind of clues, you know. So if I'm talking about uh, loneliness as a balance, I can try to use some material that helps me to create this narrative of balance. But it's very important thing that not not describe this in the image because then I don't create like space uh, to interpretations, you know, because if I you know, say about balance and then put a, a real balance. Okay, so there's no space to interpretate. So mm. this is important.
1: But it's interesting what you just said there, Chris um, Christian, that you are naturally quite a spontaneous photographer. And I think um I think I might be more similar to, to Danny, which is where I quite often feel guilty because I don't go around carrying a camera. <laughs> I more plan and stage my shoots. I think a lot, and then I go out and and and, and shoot them. Which I think is what what Danny. I think Danny, you do you stage them, don't you? I think Danny stages her shoots.
3: Actually, I believe that all photographies are staged. Okay, okay. I, I didn't. That's interesting. Uh, I, I didn't wrote this. Uh, yes, <laughs> I didn't wrote this. Actually, there is a, an author called uh, François Soulage and I don't know the name of uh, his book in English, because I read in the Portuguese version. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing, this book, um, and he thinks that every photography is staged, but not staged uh, for the person that you are photographing, but for the own photo uh, photographer, because mm-hmm. we all always want something we have intentions even that oh I don't want to have any intentions Th- this is an intention I have yeah. to make decisions to crop the image mm-hmm. I have to make decision to exclude things so mm-hmm. this is already a fiction you know it, it, it's a fragment yeah. it's not the whole yeah. thing so yes. I believe that every photography uh, is uh, staged so staged. yeah but mine is is more it's more like open <laughs> staged. I don't know
1: a mind staged but I've learned to have that spontaneity. Spontaneity—I can't say that word—within um, the plant, within the stageness. I find <laughs> sometimes.
0: So you you work quite conceptually, though, don't you? You have, you do a lot of pre production work.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you you have images in oh, your mind that you need to get out.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I'll I would share like it, to see. You know, I was thinking um, similar to. Um, what you're saying i will come up with an idea i'll think about it, i'll put a lot of time thinking where i want to shoot how you know all the those elements of outfits and and different things that i might need and then go out and 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 do it um and um, that's how i work but it's interesting <laughs> touching on what christian said earlier i i used to feel I don't know. It's a funny thing. I used to sometimes feel like guilty because I, I never used to go around with my camera all the time. I'm feeling like I was somehow a fraud because there was an expectation I should have it all the time with me. Um, and there has been definitely been times when I thought oh, I've only had my camera now because I have missed a uh, great people uh, or scene, and I think oh, I could have done something there. But yeah, but that's how I work more. Yeah, but
3: but this is all created, Claire, because it's it's very usual that. Uh if you identify as a, yourself as a photographer, everyone knows that you are a photographer, you go, I don't know, in a family event, and then they give you the cell phone and say, take a picture of me, you are a photographer. That's so it. they don't realize, you know, the many things that you can, uh, uh, the ways that you can understand photography. It's not like only take a pictures in a family event, uh, can be so much more, but you know, this is created. This is not something that you should feel uh, guilty about.
0: I go in phases, Claire, for what it's worth. So sometimes I, gonna... I take a camera with me everywhere in my pocket and sometimes I don't bother at all. And sometimes I deliberately say I'm here at this family event and I'm not taking anybody's photographs today <laughs> because I'm just going to be part of the event and I'm not going to be forced yeah. to take everybody else's photograph today. <laughs> but, you know, I, I find it very interesting. I mean, uh
2: the, the way you go about uh, doing this hybrid photography thing mm. for me, sometimes I, when I go out with a camera or not as Aid says, con- uh, sometimes just with a phone, because I think I want to travel light. Sometimes when I get the, the, the result, for example, of I, I shoot a lot of landscapes and then look at the results and the only room for, you know, in- interpreting it is cropping it. You know, uh, changing colors maybe because I work digitally at the moment. I used to do um, film a lot, but uh, not at the at the moment. But to be perfectly honest, sometimes I think I feel like there should be something more. And uh, to oh. this day, the only way I could <laughs> augment the image was to put it in a certain frame or in a certain book, or as Aid did with his uh, smithereen scene. He wanted to have an image. In uh, presented in a certain way in a zine, mm-hmm. printed in a in a style that uh, reminds him of the zines from back then, whatever that means, and uh, uh, the way that punk zines were made and so on. And I think uh, this form of output and this form of I, I never I, I had never had the idea of uh, you know. Doing this hybrid workflow because, I mean, um, when I saw your images, my first thought was, I know that she would never try to do that digitally because that would rob you of the experience of, you know, doing it with, you know, feeling the clay or or using the the wax or whatever technique you choose. Um, and I thought it spoke to me at, at some point many years ago. My wife is very good at watercolor coloring. And uh, um, I saw um, a California Californian artist. She uh, used photos and used watercolors to paint around the photos and just you know expand uh, what she had uh, in in the photo. And I I liked that so much because that was my first experience of hybrid photography. And I, I liked it so much that at some point I, I talked to my wife and said, "How uh, how about we did a project like that?" But it, unfortunately never uh, came to, t- came to be, but yeah, I think it's a very attractive uh, way of mm-hmm. you know enhancing what you try to express with the images, especially I think for Claire, sometimes I think it would be amazing to have Claire's Polaroid shots put into a larger context, which could be non-photographic, you know, for example, just put him in a frame where certain fabrics are present that would, you know, augment what she's, doing in the image because she likes to work a lot with, uh, costumes and and wigs and settings. And I think, uh, yeah, it's very inspiring and have my question to you would be, um, the, the, the analog part of your work is using the digital image with, you know, um, paint or or clay Mm -hmm. and so on. Have you ever considered, uh, using film and, uh, trying to modify or or to uh, work on the image while you for example print it in, an, in a larger is that something that you have considered
3: so I, I would love to do this but I don't have any patience <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a patient person I, and I have to accept that so as I told you i I have anxiety so for me I have to be right away I have to be at the, that same second that came to me so. That's why I have a lot of printed images ready here, uh, and I have a lot of materials. So if I have something that have to um, that I need to express, had to be at the same moment, like the same second, I already finished like uh, classes because I had to do this at that time. So. Yes, I don't have that patience to develop the film and even cyanotype that I have and I like I like the 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 results. For me, it's hard because I have to wait a little bit and I and you know some some techniques I I challenge myself like with the rusting I have to wait for a week, for example, but. It's not something that I do in an easy way it's hard for me it's it's not easy so uh, I I realize that for me I like more have or printed uh, ready printed images and then just experiment things and um, experiment experience the process as well for me this is the most important thing
1: Do you ever bring in your writing and your photography together do they ever cross paths or merge
3: yeah, I thought about it already, but I think for me, this is difficult because I'm mm-hmm. in a point of my research, I'm doing a PhD in artistic studies. So uh, of course, I, I will always study photography because photography is everything for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to disconnect the word to the image. Okay. Because I, I, I realized that at some point the 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 image is always used to illustrate the the text and the text to explain the image. Mm. So for me, it's hard to combine these two because it's different, two different languages, but they they can, I don't know, explain uh, the other. So I I think I can use, it's not something that I discard, but I have to be very careful to use it. You know, I prefer to to give this um this place to to the image that is only the image without any explanations, you know. Because then you can connect with the image yeah. without some guidance, you know. And I know that a lot of photographers have like subtitles and for me that's totally fine. I have in a lot of works, but I'm now I'm trying to have this connection with my viewer in another level, you know. Without I, guidance, yeah. I, I want them them to feel von, uh, vulnerable and with their own pains, you know.
1: I like that. I I, I do like that. You know, because you look at a, you look at a photograph, you look at one of your photos, like I did with the one we talked about earlier, and it speaks to you. So it hits you somewhere in your emotional register, and you sound like you you work in a way because um, I really like David Lynch, the film director. I love his films, and he always says he refuses to explain what the films are about. Because he feels like if he starts saying, well, I think it's this, he he wants everyone who watches his films, however you experience that film, that's what it is. You know, there's no right or wrong. Um, And he flat out refuses to um, start explaining, oh, it's about this, it's about that, because he thinks it takes something from a very personal experience for someone. Yes. Just immerse immerse themselves in it. And have that kind of emotional connection, yeah, you know.
3: And if you if you explain the image, the image stops there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, I, yeah, I think,
2: I think uh, I think uh, earlier when we started the podcast, I said that in your book, I can feel that there's a lot of um, there is this feminine side. Uh, Or this emotional side, I don't want to attribute it to. I mean, you're a very emotional person, and for me, as uh, a man, I I, I'm in my mid forties, and it took me a long time to connect with my emotions because uh, sometimes the society raises men uh, as you know thinkers, Mm -hmm. um, uh, objective, uh, deciders, and stuff like that. And I think uh, you can't be more. You can actually do. Damage to young uh, people to tell them, you know, you 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 are not an emo- emotional person, but you are very, you know, considerate, uh, not considerate. That's the wrong word. Very um, uh, mind driven, uh, or, or, or you know. Help me out, Adrian. (laughs) You're very very (laughs) yeah. So 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 if if people tell you you need to disconnect from your emotions to you know decide stuff, and that's the way I was brought up. It took me a long time to realize that, especially in photography, uh, emotion is very important because. I mean, what do I do when I take a photo? It, it, I take a photo of something because it resonates with me. But if you don't realize what resonates with you, because is it always on an intellectual level? No, of course not, because what you're looking for is beauty. Uh, what you're looking for is uh, even beauty and stuff that, uh, disturbs you because uh, as you said everything is staged if i if i for example i'm i'm uh i really um admire lindsay Dario's work she works for the uh, i think the new york times and she's a war photographer in uh, the ukraine right now and she obviously doesn't try to um to do a, you know um twist the re- the reality there, but you can see it through her eyes, and it what you see is pure emotion, obviously. And mm-hmm. I think it's very important. Uh, and I'm talking to the middle-aged white guys uh, that listen to this podcast to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you too, Adrian.
0: It's a really good. It's a really good point because I, I had a question for Danny as well, which is that yeah, you know, there's clearly a huge amount of very strong emotion in your work, and that's something that I don't really experience in connection with my photography so so my question is because, because you you teach how 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 do you teach somebody or how do you start to teach somebody perhaps that to how to get in touch with their emotions and to bring their emotions into the their work and to to let those emotions to to express their emotions um it's it's something that i find uh challenging let's say <laughs>
3: Yes, it is. And it's very toxic environment if you don't allow some people, men's or I don't know, not even only men's because I was not allowed to feel when I was young. So, but yeah, it's very toxic because you need to express yourself, Mm -hmm. otherwise you'll be sick, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have some, uh, we have some exercise that we do to try to connect with something that is important to you, but, uh, it's, it's a good point because you know, I'm not, I don't have like a qualification as a a psychologist or a therapist, um, to help you as a treatment, you know, so I don't, um, I don't understand photography as, um, therapy, but I understand as a therapeutic process which is different. Mm. So sometimes I ask help to uh, a professional to help me with some students, because sometimes people, of course, uh, pass through a very hard times, mm. death, losses. Um, and it's difficult for me that I don't have the, the right tools to help you without hurting yourself, you know? So for me, it's it's a very. I have a lot of responsibility in this area, because I understand that using photography as a way to express yourself is very nice. But sometimes you are not uh, ready to talk about something very painful. Mm. So in these um, cases, I always ask a professional help, because I'm very close to, people, uh, to um, people that have a very, you know, heavy things. So I have a student that uh, lost her child. I have a student that was raped. I have a student, and it's hard to express this in an image mm-hmm. because we are talking about trauma, you know, and I don't have qualification to help you to understand and treat your trauma. I have qualification to help you to materialize this in an image. So I'm always very careful about this uh, subject.
2: I'm I'm very curious. uh, How important do you think? I can only um, uh, talk from my experience. I found that uh, when I had a lot of analog cameras, a lot of film cameras and switch cameras a lot, I felt that I'm not very proficient with, The camera that I used because I was switching so often and then at some point I decided to just shoot one sort of camera or two sorts of cameras and I even do that today with my digital cameras Um, how important do you think it is to be proficient with photography so that you know using the technical apparatus of a camera doesn't get in the way of expressing yourself because I felt like as soon as I started not having to worry about, you know, using the camera, it was much easier for me to get the shots that I felt are are good and and resonated with me. What's your your, um, opinion about this?
3: It's a very polemic topic, this one, (laughs) because of course, um, because I understand photography more in a way to express yourself and think about things, it's more uh, far from the equipment. So I was sold when I have this, my graduation and in the first years that I was working, I was told that you have to change your camera in four and four years. So for me, I buy a camera, I start to thinking about the other camera that I w- would buy, you know? <laughs> uh, and at some point, I think 10 years ago, I decide to buy because then have to have to be full frame, have to be with I don't know now <laughs> which uh, sets we have in the cameras, but have to be you know you have to have like three four lenses, you have to have the perfect flash and grip and all these heavy materials you have to, because otherwise we are not a photographer. So when we uh, have this um, technical uh education is very hard because photography is very uh into the equipment all the time and of course this is not something new this is historic if, if we, we study the history of photography this is at the very first time we have like kodak and all the even Polaroid uh give you this impression that if you have a good equipment you are a good photographer so of course to sell Uh, I'm writing a paper about this right now, actually, uh, to sell images. And of course, this directed the way that we relate with photography for so many times. And now it's the same thing, because now we have uh, smartphones with uh, cameras with a lot of quality. So we don't have that many um, people interested in buying professional cameras. I think it's 87% less than... 2010, yes, no. So this is, is telling us something, you know, that people um, understand photography more about the equipment. Because now that we have a very easy equipment in our cell phones, mm-hmm. we don't need to go to school. We don't need to go to college. I, I, actually, the, the uh, courses of photography into colleges, they are like going away. We do have so uh, less courses open now that we had like 10 years ago when I started my graduation. So this is telling us something about photography right now, you know, and about this, about the equipment, 10 years ago, I found, um, I have here. I found it's not working actually, it's broken. Yeah. My, my only camera is broke. Um, Oh. A Fuji film, mm-hmm. I have this for eleven for ten years and I'm only thinking to change now because I put um card a broken card here and then I start and broke inside and then I start to take off and I think I broke something inside the camera and now I'm and I don't have like anything anymore because it's very old now I'm thinking about uh buy another camera but you know my pictures uh, are taken in jpeg so this is a very polemic because if you don't uh photograph in raw you are not a real photographer (laughs) but (laughs) as i told you for me the moment the present moment is very important so i don't like to to um photograph in raw and have this raw archives i don't like that so for me change the way i i connect with the moment so if i have I, i know everything i know the the things that i I will not have with jpeg and i'm okay with this mm-hmm. so yeah
0: that's really it's really yeah. very interesting actually because we we talk a lot <laughs> we we have many fantastic guests on this podcast and 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 a lot of the time we talk about yeah artistic process but also sometimes about technical processes as well and you know w- because we we focus uh, more on analog photography we we end up talking a lot about you know um film development and and things like that to to talk to somebody whose artistic the the hands-on element of it starts actually beyond the printed image <laughs> is is fascinating, you know, because, I mean, you know, just, uh, was it two weeks ago, Claire, or was it last week? Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, wasn't it? We spoke to Andrew Sanderson, who is an Ilford master printer. And, and of course, his work, you know, uh, all of his work uh, is is up to the print, the contributing process to the print. So he does develop his own film and he does, yeah, and he prints everything, he prints in a dark room, uh, which is fascinating. But it is really... It, it's a fascinating conversation to me to talk to somebody for whom the the printed photograph is is really just the blank canvas in a way Well, not a blank canvas but you know you prepare cause you prepare them up front but you know the 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 emotional the the emotional impact of of creating the piece of art is actually on top of the print literally on top of the print right <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, the print actually is one part of the process. You know, mm-hmm. I have uh, the identification part of the process, which is very important. Uh, this uh, understanding of how my experience um, connects with these things that I'm identifying. So, this for me is the most important thing. Then I have, like, which I call, um, like, Oh, how can I call this in English? Uh, It's like a background image, which is my self-portraits. So in the self-portraits, I try to not show any emotion. Because if I show like a lot of emotion in that background image, I don't have space to do the hybrid processes. So for me, this is just like something that I'm going to uh, express myself on the top. So that's why I have like a lot of printed images here, Mm -hmm. because for me, they are nothing. They are just me, but nothing like a wall. (laughs) And then I start to put uh, things that I want to express in the hybrid process. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of uh, steps, you know, Mm -hmm. the printed is just one of the steps. And for me is the most nothing (laughs) than the other parts, you know.
2: Uh, I was wondering if you you work on self-portraits most of the time. What you do is you basically direct the perspective to yourself, inside. And have you ever thought about using an image of the outside of the world, whatever that is? I mean, whatever you see, and do hybrid photography or you're a hybrid process on that? Because sometimes I think if you look at the world, sometimes I feel like. What you deal with as, as a human being is, you know, looking around yourself and wondering how how on earth you ended up where you ended up and how to, you know, express that in hybrid photography. Is that something that you do with your students or do you mostly do self-portraits also with your students?
3: Each student has their own way, you know, I don't write this because it depends. There is a students that don't like to uh, use like human figure, there is students that like to use objects and that's totally fine. You can you can also create a very deep image using objects because it's not about the object, you know? It's how you are using the object. But about the, the outside or inside, actually this is my main problem in the art world because I have... Um, very difficult to find like some kind of bridge of the inside world to the outside. So normally in the contemporary uh, art world, it's often we have like this social, critical, political, um, things that include the environment, you know, and for me, I'm always like inside. It's like, Mm -hmm. if I have the surface, I'm always in deep down here. And uh, when we uh, talk about artwork, it's more like we are seeing like from the the top, you know? So for me, I find found very difficult to create this this bridge, this connection with the surface, you know, because I don't want that my uh, work uh, to be shallow. So for me, it's hard to have this trip to the surface. I like to be, stay in the the deep down, you know? So yeah, this is my main problem. Because I always create like inside, like here, I have my, my, my studio, which is basically a a wall, a gray wall, and natural light, basically is like this. So everyone could repeat this at home because everyone have a wall and a, a, a window light. You know, so for me, it's like this, I don't, I don't see myself outside. I don't know if if it's because I am like a very uh, introspective person, even though I'm communicative, but I'm very introspective person. So I don't see myself out there. I don't, I don't find like meaning outside now can change. Of course, but I like to be more
0: inside. Oh, that's great. That's great. Listen, uh, we, we we a fantastic, and fascinating conversation. We probably should start to round it up, though, so that you know, so, so that poor old Christian can go to bed because he's an hour ahead of the rest of us. And you know, <laughs> podcasting's tiring work, isn't it, Christian?
2: No, I love it. Loved every minute of it. Thank you very much for having me on, and thank you, Danny, for for uh, swinging by and telling us all this stuff because it was Definitely. very, very new to me. Everything that you said is. Yeah, and new land for me. It's very interesting.
3: <laughs> it's a different way to understand photography and, of yeah. course, open a lot of possibilities.
1: Lots of food know, for thought. Uh, yeah. Very you, definitely.
0: You, you, very will definitely.
3: Na- uh, you will not uh, sleep it today, for sure. <laughs> because, of course, your head will be spinning <laughs> no. and spinning and thinking about, hmm, and if I put the image and. I don't know, sauce inside, and if (laughs) I, I don't know, fire
0: uh, I don't know yeah that sounds like fun oh, actually safety. I think yeah i might yeah. So, so is, i I've got to set fire <laughs> to something yeah so <laughs> oh, D- Danny it's been amazing to talk to you thank you ever so much yes. for joining us it's, it's brilliant and um, you know we, we've mentioned things like uh, books and websites and Instagram and stuff like that and we'll put show notes yeah uh, links to all of those in the show notes of course so that our listeners can find you uh, but is there any where particular that you would like to, to our listeners to go to to get a a better feel for your work or a better understanding?
3: I think my website and my Instagram, I use both uh, a lot to communicate, to share my work. And uh, there's a lot of material, actually, a a photography content in my website. And uh, in my Instagram account, I have this mixed Portuguese and English. So you are able to understand some things (laughs) if you don't speak Portuguese. So I think... uh, yeah, I think my website and my Instagram is the the, the most important uh, tools that I use.
2: Okay, I well. also encouraged uh, our listeners to go to uh, your YouTube videos on natural light and oh, that- switch on the uh, automatic translation from Portuguese to whatever language you like. Oh, because,
3: you can do that. Yes,
2: that was the only way I could watch your videos because I don't speak Portuguese, <laughs> but I uh, was interested to learn that the little uh, light triangle underneath your eye that you get from natural yes. light actually has a name.
0: So go there and does it? Uh, yes it does.
3: Yes, and light, yes.
0: I uh, um, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah yeah awesome yes okay well, as, yes as i said thank thank you very very much uh danny for joining us uh just before we go there's one thing that we need to to do mm-hmm. a shout out now um, listeners will notice of course that rachel is not here this evening uh she's been super busy uh and one of the things that she's been super busy with is the production of of her book now claire um rachel's been talking to us hasn't she about a shout out for the book so
1: Yeah, it's called The Ultimate um, Film and Photography Workbook. It really does look amazing, Um, and it's going to print. And Rachel is closing. She's got a waitlist running at the moment, and I think she's closing the waitlist at the end of Thursday. Um, So um, if you want to add your name to the waitlist, Rachel will email you out a discount code. Yes, That's cool,
0: and the uh, waitlist presumably will be on littlevintagephotography.co.uk. Yes, yeah, uh, Rachel's yeah. website excellent yeah brilliant so yeah the, um having seen the photos of that you know I- I- in our in our own chat um you Six know it uh, doesn't it looks, yeah. it looks awesome. Um, and so, yeah, it be fantastic for anybody that's into you know, wanting to keep a, a journal about their, you know, their film work and stuff like that would be fantastic. OK, uh, right. Well, I think that's us done then, isn't it, uh, for Ooh. Show 314? Uh, we have been the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, it has been an honour and privilege to talk to you with all, as always, and we will be back next week. Uh, take care and bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.